0: You know that not everyone can contribute, but if you can and appreciate what KPFT brings you every day, please consider a pledge because KPFT relies on you, the listener, for support. The phones are open. There is room for your call. Help keep up the momentum. Call 713-526-5738. I'd like to thank all who called in to support KPFT and Arab Voices. It's not too late to call. 713-526-5738 or donate online at kpft.org And that does it for the show today. Thanks for listening. This is Saeed, executive producer and host of Arab Voices. Until we meet next week, peace on earth.
1: For listening to KBOO Portland 90.7 FM and KBOO.fm online.
2: Want an impactful way to volunteer for KBOO? Believe in KBU's values of peace, justice, democracy, human rights, multiculturalism, environmentalism, freedom of expression, and social change? Then apply to be a member of the KBOO Board of Directors. Our KBU Board guides our strategic work and represents the interests and visions of all our members. There is a time commitment of about 15 hours a month for all board members, and you must be a KABU member. To apply, go to kebu.fm and fill out an application. If you need a paper copy mailed to you, call the station or email applicationboard at That's one word, applicationboard at The deadline to apply is July 25th, 2021. <laughs> The more compassion we have towards animals, the more compassion we're gonna to have towards
0: other people. If you can value them all,
1: you, you really value yourself as well.
2: So even if you don't care about animals, the, the things we
1: do that hurt animals end up hurting ourselves.
2: It's almost kind of a dominion type issue where we feel we need to control everything. Dominion means stewardship to take care of. What would a cow think about satisfying our habit? The challenge lies with looking at suffering from the perspective of the person or individual
1: suffering. Welcome to Voices for the Animals on KBOO Portland. This is your host, Noah Bristle. Michelle Capola, and I bring you this show on the fourth Friday of every month at 10 a.m., or you can listen online anytime at kbOO.fm slash voices for the animals. We're here on the air to give voice to the urgent animal welfare and rights issues happening locally, regionally, and worldwide. So, today we get to speak with Chris Roy, a multi engine pilot who has personally flown hundreds of animal rescue missions to relocate animals from high kill shelters to no kill shelters, rescues, and sanctuaries. Chris is also the founder of Dubert, an online software platform for animal welfare volunteers and organizations. And I'm going to leave the explanation for exactly what Dubert is and what Dubert does to Chris himself. Welcome to the show, Chris.
0: Thanks for having me, Noah. Glad to be here.
1: That's yeah, an honor. And I, why don't we start by hearing about the Dubert Dream?
0: Yeah, so I mean, people often ask me, "How did you get into, you know, into animal rescue?" And I kind of fell into it, like a lot of people do. Um, as you read in my intro, being a pilot—I mean, that's my one of my other passions—is aviation. And one of our friends, this was back in probably 2008, uh, worked with an animal rescue, and they said, "Hey, we're trying to bring these dogs up from Kentucky." I live in Milwaukee, and they said, you know, would you be willing to fly down and pick these dogs up? And I'm like, wait a minute, an excuse to go flying and I get to play with dogs? Like, where do I sign up? I mean, this is is my dream. And I started with that one transport and then started doing more, you know, pretty much on the weekends. And what started to happen was my name started to get shared, and there were more and more people across the country that were reaching out to me and I'm like people I live in Wisconsin. I can't fly to, you know, California and then to Oregon and then back to Wisconsin. It doesn't it's not viable. And, you know, like back in the time it was like there needs there's an app for that, right? And there wasn't. So I decided that I was going to use my tech skills to try and solve the problem, if you will, and make it so that every volunteer can, you know, put in where they live, right? A distance that they're willing to travel, days they're available and then the software algorithm will filter them out, right? So I don't get notified for transports in California or New York because I'm in Wisconsin. And so that's kind of where the dream began is it started as a problem that I was trying to solve for myself. And when I initially did it, I mean, funny funny story, I uh, I was doing it for pilots. I didn't even know that ground transport, I mean, I I guess I kind of knew because I would meet the drivers on either end, but I never really thought that they needed a system too. And people are like, well, you know, could you open it up to the drivers too? I'm like, sure. Like, I guess I didn't realize they really needed this, but um, in the end it turned out to be something that was desperately needed because everybody was doing all this all this tracking manually.
1: Wow, yeah, I can see that there's a great need for some underlying system to help connect all the different people who want to help but need to be able to plug themselves into the to the system and be connected with those animals who are in need of transport. Is there any anyone else or anything else out there doing the same thing, or is Dubert the the single um, solution for this?
0: So Dubert is the only custom built solution that solves this. Um, I would still say there's a lot of transports that happen. They you know people plan stuff on Facebook, right, in Facebook groups, but they're right. doing it manually. Um, there's another website for pilots called Pilots and Pause, but it's it's a bulletin board. Um, in other words, you can post, there's really no, there's no filtering out of organizations and filtering out of requests. And I mean, anybody can go out there. And so you don't really know who you're dealing with. And, and so that's one of those things that I'm proud of that we built in to do is we validate and check every single organization. So, you know, they're legitimate. We re-verify them every year because it was, you know, we get a lot of requests to move people's pets if you will because yeah. there really is not an easy way to do it and for people that are traveling or moving or snowbirds whatever it might be um, they often come to us but the answer is no sorry we don't move people's pets um for just for convenience purposes anyway i mean there are some special situations but it's more designed for volunteers that want to help shelter animals right and rescue animals um so there are a couple of things out there, but nothing that's really quite like Dubert. It still is, uh, still is unique in that regard.
1: Can you share any numbers that could help us get a, a sense of the scope of Dubert, like how many animals transported total?
0: Yeah, so it's, it's north, well north of 10,000, um, and that's just in the last couple of years when I actually started tracking that. <laughs> um, you know, we've got 30,000, we call them Dubertiers, we call our uh, volunteers Dubertiers, because they are really heroes of this. So, we have 30,000 Dubertiers across the country. Um, there's over 5,000 organizations that are signed up with Dubert as well. And, you know, there's a lot of regular transports that happen. Uh, one of the things I need to figure out how to do on a regular basis is calculate the tens of thousands of miles that have been driven um, saving animals. We have some transports that are put through the platform every week that are 1,500 or 2,000 miles. So this is not just like 100 miles. I mean, th- these are literally rescue, they call them rescue relay transports where it's one volunteer to the next, to the next. And every person, generally they drive between 60 and 80 miles. Because if you think about it, I mean, it's it's time out of your day, right? I mean, you, you got to drive to meet the transport at the handoff point, then you drive your leg, and then you got to drive back home again. So it, it could be three or four hours of your day. Just to drive one leg of the transport, um, but to think that there's some of these transports that are literally 30 volunteers strung together one after the next with overnight legs included. Yeah, um, when you get to them, it's a end lot of, of moving day, parts. It's a lot of moving parts, and you know, it's exciting to me that we've been able to be a part of helping volunteers get involved and helping to save the animals. Because it's as I always say, it's not about me. It's about the people that are doing this. I. I like to bring my tech skills. I love, you know, helping to build the software. Um, I, we've saved way more animals than I could have saved on my own, just flying on my own. And that's what I think is the most exciting part: is that the sky is the limit. Like, where can we go with this? The more people, the more transports. I mean, it's really cool to see.
1: And can you give us maybe one or two individual stories of animals who have been helped by Dubert and transported, and what their needs were, and where they are now? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'll give you one of my favorite stories. Just um, So there was this white albino um, English setter. So he was a, you know albino, right? Completely white English setter. He was actually turned into a shelter from a breeder because the dog was deaf. And apparently sometimes when you get into the albino side of things, I mean, it, it, it's a mutation, I guess, if you will. So the dog was deaf. So to the breeder, the dog is pretty much useless to him, the puppy. And so the working with the shelter, they put the what's nice about Dubert is everything is automated. So they put the request in, the system automatically plots the route, um, automatically notifies all the volunteers. So I, I wasn't even aware of it at the time because it's just you know happening. Well, when the shelter put the transport request in, they didn't put a name uh, for the dog because the dog didn't really have a name. Well, when the emails sent out to the volunteers, the volunteers saw the name Dubert and just assumed that that was the dog's name, <laughs> even though they were signed up for Dubert, but <laughs> neither here nor there, they just kind of assumed that you know the dog was named Dubert. So all of the volunteers along the path started just referring to the dog as Dubert. And the dog got to Michigan, and so the Humane Society there just said, okay, we'll, we'll call the dog Dubert. And Dubert the dog was then adopted to a couple in New Jersey, and through the story of this, Dubert the puppy actually ended up in the Puppy Bowl, that runs, you know, parallel to the Super Bowl, as I'm sure everybody's aware on, um, I believe it's on Animal Planet. And so this was a few years ago, about three years ago, that you know Dubert the dog was actually in the Puppy Bowl. And so it was just one of those things where I, you know, was watching the Puppy Bowl, and you see this little white, you know, <laughs> albino puppy. And of course, every time the announcer would say Dubert, I would just go, yay, like Dubert, you know, (laughs) nobody else knew, but it was an exciting thing for me. And it was, it was just really meaningful to know that that got the word, you know, helps to get the word out there. We didn't see any measurable signups or anything like that, but it was really good story to know that it was, uh, this dog was, you know, saved and, you know, went on to lead a bigger life, even though he was deaf. Right, he wouldn't normally not have stood a chance if that organization hadn't wanted to wanted to help him and get him, you know, get him to a place up in the north where he could be adopted out. So I, that's one of my favorite stories. And then there's been others where we've done the transport of dogs that have ended up becoming like therapy dogs for people. There is one story that um, it was coming from Alabama, going all the way up. I want to say to Portland, um, and the dog. Literally, the, the volunteer, there was one volunteer who was so moved by the story that this dog was going to be a therapy dog for a young boy um, that this volunteer alone drove over a 1,000 miles wow. uh, just to kind of fill in the in-between legs. And that's what's so cool to me and something I guess I'd never really noticed is the passion of volunteers behind this. People really, when when people care for animals, they want to help. And they, they want to get involved. And people will drive three, four, five, six legs of a journey. And you kind of go, this is not the most efficient way, right, to move animals. But it's, it's an amazing way to engage people and people that are passionate, that they're willing to take time out of their day and cost. I mean, it's a volunteer thing, right? So nobody's getting paid. So they're using their vehicle. They're using their gas, their time. Um, but the fact that people care about animals that much, to want to drive that far, I don't know. It's just something really cool to me.
1: This is Noah Bristol speaking with Chris Roy, founder of Dubert on Voices for the Animals. Dubert can be found where online?
0: So just go to dubert.com and you can sign up there. Uh, We have a mobile app that I'm looking to build out further, but you can download the mobile app where you can just use the entire thing uh, at dubert.com
1: that's d double o b e r t correct
0: that is correct dubert.com so awesome
1: and uh for those who want to be volunteers that's where they would sign up right
0: yeah yeah and like i said everything is automated there's a big button on the home page that says sign up and the first question i'll say is just you or you know are you signing up your organization and it'll you know walk you through and you'll get to choose, I mean, you can be a transporter, you can be a foster home, you can be a photographer, you can be a virtual volunteer. And so you get to turn on or off all the profiles for how you want to help animals and how you want to get engaged. And you are managing your profile. So you're putting in, you know, your zip code where you are, the days you're available. And then the, you know, you can change that at any time so that the volunteers can control how they're getting involved and if they need a break, they can turn their profile off for a while, right? So then they're not getting notified uh, for transports or foster requests or things like that.
1: And you mentioned in the beginning how it began as something to fulfill your personal need to be more organized, but then expanded from there, first to other pilots and then to drivers. Has it expanded in further directions that you didn't expect at first or do you see it expanding in the future in,
0: in interesting ways? Yeah, for sure, I mean, I initially was just, you know, rescue relay transport. And then we built out kind of other functionality for local rides, which are truly like volunteer based Uber, you know, one volunteer driving, I always say it's less than 50 miles, but um, within, you know, within a city, there's lots of reasons that animals need to be shuttled around. Last year, we built out our foster management module with two way text messaging. So the foster homes can text the organization and, Organization can text them back. And, you know, I think my journey over the last, I mean, it'll be seven years next month. Um, it's been an interesting journey because I didn't realize the need for technology in, in this space. And so it's continued to grow and it's continued to evolve. And so we've done things like when you think about the transport is kind of like the end of the transaction, if you will. The sending and receiving still have to find each other. They still have to you know, agree on which animals they're transferring to one another. Um, There's all sorts of other things. So we've built in other functionality. I say it's like a match.com for rescues and shelters. So they can search other organizations. They can search the animals. So if you're running, say, a German shepherd rescue, well, your focus is on rescuing German shepherds. Not that you don't like English pointers, but, you know, you're, you're saving the shepherds. So they can configure it so that they'll get alerted of any other Dubert organization that posts a German Shepherd profile and makes it public, they'll get an alert. And so we try to make it so they can work together and agree on that transfer. So it's it started with just kind of, as you said, solving my own problems, stay organized, and now it's almost become a full supply chain, if you will, of animals to allow the organizations to find each other, to work together, um, to find the volunteers that can do the transport. It's, it's really exciting to see where it's come. And where is it going next? That's TBD, right? I'm always looking for new ways to bring technology in, in, a, in a thoughtful way, right? I want the tech to enable the workflows. I don't want it to solve a problem. You know, sometimes you hear about a, oh, it's a solution looking for a problem. No, I, I don't want to do that. I want to really use technology for what it's good for and you know that allow the organizations to still do what they do best and the volunteers to do what they do. So we'll see where it's gonna go in the next few years, but um, exciting that last, it was just last month, we actually enabled the software to work in Australia. So the- Aussie I was just
1: about to ask if it was national yeah. or international.
0: Yep, so prior to that, it was US and Canada, mm-hmm. and I got contacted by some of the organizations in Australia and they said, hey, can you know can we use this can we use the foster functionality community transport works a little different down there so we you know had to enable it to work in australia different postal codes and territories and cities and you know all that um but yeah that was kind of a really exciting moment to know that dubert was truly going international
1: that name dubert i have to ask where does that come from
0: yeah so dubert actually was a cat that i had um quick story is uh so i this was back in the mid to late 90s um star trek the next generation was a popular television show uh jean-luc picard was like the you know the captain so the first cat i got I named jean-luc so. thought it was a cool name and then when i was getting another cat people at work were like what are you going to name him?" and they were you know going through all the other characters you know is it going to be geordie Worf, deanna like you know <laughs> and i said no i mean this other cat needs to be kind of like Jean-Luc's nemesis. And in the show that was a, a character name of Q. So I named the cat Q. Well, when you go to the vet, then you say, the that's all right. What's the cat's name? Q. And they go Q. and they, Yeah. Q. As in C-U-E. No, the letter Q. Well, <laughs> you know that two or three times I gave up and I named the, the cat Quincy. And, um, over time, just between my wife and I, it, you know, you have almost like pet names, right? And somehow we just started, you know, he started out as Qbert. Um, Qbert was actually a video game from the 80s, if you can think back that far, a pyramid game, um, you know, because he was, Q was just a very boisterous cat, not the smartest, but he was very boisterous. And Qbert kind of morphed into Do Bert. And, <laughs> Pretty soon, we had Mommy Bert and Daddy Bert and Jean-Luc Bert and everybody in the house was a Bert. And when it came time to, you know, take my software now and connect it to the internet, I was looking for a a simple website, a a nice domain name that's easy to remember, easy to spell. And um, now it's pretty exciting. When I look at the SEO, uh, the keyword Dubert is searched over 200 times a month now in Google. People just type Dubert. And so it's really kind of cool to know that this farm cat, um, the the farmer was just literally just going to get rid of the cats, um, but he became a legacy. And while Dubert's no longer with us, I mean, his legacy still lives on. And the story of Dubert's actually out on the site. You can see a picture of him. He was, like I said, he was a very loving cat. And so now his name will last hopefully forever.
1: Beautiful story. I've heard, you know, I've interviewed many people who are passionate about Animal rights, animal rescue, and often you know, the names that they come up with for their organizations there in honor of those animal friends who've had special places in their lives. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't uh, wouldn't maybe expect a straight line from Q to Dubert, but <laughs> it's interesting how those things happen.
0: Yeah, it's been interesting. I I tell people, I mean, nobody believes me when I say seven years ago I didn't know how to do a website, <laughs> like. <laughs> And you just, but that's been part of the fun part of the journey is just learning. Did you learn
1: to create Dubert or were you learning as a separate career path? And
0: um, So I, I mean, I have coders that do the actual hands-on keyboard coding, but I will tell you when you're doing custom software, you have to, you have to think of everything. So I'm like the, now the architect, if you will, and they do the coding. Um, But it's been a journey. I've learned a lot and just learned about trying to figure out how, how people think and how does software work and how do they engage and I I, I still a lot of concepts now from Microsoft and Google in terms of design because it's familiar to people whereas in the past we were just kind of doing our own thing, right? And you put a button here and put a button there. We need and, to
1: reinvent the wheel.
0: Yeah, but now it's like we kind of go, we use like the three dots and we use other things like that. So it's been a journey for me to learn and, and I think that's what motivates me is I love I love learning. I love I've learned a lot about SEO. I've learned a lot about Google Analytics and you know, really trying to think about how do people navigate and, you know, get involved. So I'm gonna keep learning. The thing I'm not good at is marketing. I gotta get better at it. So that's my goal for this year.
1: Yeah, that was another question I had is do you think that the people who know or who need Dubert and who would use Dubert already know about it? Or do you think that there's a ton of people out there who just have no idea it exists still? And
0: need a ton to be of aware? people that have no idea. So uh, there's about 4,800 shelters, so brick and mortar structure in the US. And by my estimates and you know, data mining the IRS database, there's about 20 to 25,000 rescues in the US. They're more virtual. They don't generally have a location. Um, so even even with the five thousand we've got, like we still only have a small portion mm-hmm. of people that are signed up, and awareness is still my biggest challenge, which is why I'm really trying to focus on get get the word out, right? Make people aware. Um, the more the more volunteers you have, the better because. It, it's like it's a timing thing right you never know what your schedule is gonna be like when they need the animal moved is it gonna work for you all that kind of stuff or you you know can you foster now can you foster later so i want to keep building the database bigger and it just it takes awareness i'm surprised i would think after seven years right but the you know the joke is always overnight success takes about seven to ten years so i'm like okay yeah. <laughs> so we're we're at year seven so now it's going to be all of a sudden I'm hopeful that it's going to, you know, take off and.
1: Yeah, there is a critical mass, you know, tipping point where enough people know about it that they start telling the people that they know who need to know about it, and then hopefully it starts spreading like wildfire.
0: Yeah, I'm hopeful. I mean, we, um, <laughs> I was hopeful. Uh, was it must have been last year or two years ago when there was a hurricane, and Best Friends Animal Society is one of the big kind of national players in this, and they have a good relationship with. Seth- Seth McFarlane you know who he is Mm -hmm. Um, so Seth reached out to them after there's a hurricane and said hey what can I do and they said tell people to go get signed up on Dubert so I actually have a Twitter post where Seth McFarlane was telling people about Dubert and you know there was like 30,000 reactions right but I got like zero additional sign ups (laughs) oh man (laughs) (laughs) but it's still kind of cool to know that Seth McFarlane knows what a Dubert is or at least knew that this was something related to animals so my claim to fame
1: so is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience or that that we haven't touched on yet
0: all i want to say is i tell people all the time get involved right you know if you want to be a volunteer if you want to do more there's so many ways that regardless of what your background or skills because in my day job i mean people say yeah but i don't want to go to you know i don't want to go to the shelter it's too sad or i don't have time or whatever and I just tell them when I say, look, then go sign up on Dubert, right? You can be a transporter. And it's great activity to do with kids. Um, it's a great activity to do on weekends just to get get out, meet other people, and meet animals. So if people have been wanting to get more involved, get off the couch, do it, right? That's what I say because there's so many different ways that they can help animals. And if I can help with the technology to make that part easier, then then I've done my part.
1: Beautiful, Chris. Thank you for being here and for sharing the story of Dubert and Dubert.com with us. This has been Noah Bristol with Voices for the Animals, speaking with Chris Roy. For the listeners, Voices for the Animals airs at 10 a.m. on the fourth Friday of every month, or you can listen online anytime at kboo.fm slash Voices for the Animals. Bye. Listener-supported community radio, KBOO Portland.
2: Good morning, KBOO listeners, and welcome to Film at 11, here on community radio, KBOO Portland. Today we have three recent releases, a classic Olympic documentary, a trick film from the 1900s, and a new digital film book. But first... We have three new movies for you today. We're going to begin with My Name is Bulger. Now, if you're from Boston, or are interested in the criminal career of Whitey Bulger, and the political career too of his brother, then you might be tempted to watch this movie, but you know, there are better books on the subject of Whitey Bulger, better documentaries even, and they explore the curious phenomenon that on the one hand, one brother was one of the most notorious Boston organized crime leaders and uh, a noted Confidential informant, but that his brother was a politician who ended up being the head of the Massachusetts Senate. Brendan J. Byrne is the director and